What's Happening page. Uh, our scripture reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 26. Uh, so feel free to, to use the Bibles that are at the pews if you don't have your own. And if you don't own a Bible, uh, go ahead and take that home with you as a gift from us. Uh, so it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in one body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modest modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Man, uh, I'm just struck by, you know, as we did that God revealed, uh, we are truly the uh, hands and feet of Jesus, uh, both in our church here, but in the community. And just really, really grateful uh, for Stuart and Angie and all that have been helping with Title I schools, uh, bringing good news, and then also building relationships, seeing the gospel go out in relationships. Um, and then, you know, our, our refugee resettlement group that shared last week and uh, vulnerable children and uh, what's happened with uh, care and support of kids. And they're just the hands and feet of Jesus. Really grateful uh, for our church. Man, what a church. <laughs> um, uh, if you remember, please remember to come uh, this, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday on the 27th. We have a member meeting. Uh, grateful that you're a part of the church and, and come together uh, to hear uh, all this kind of family news, uh, different updates on the building, on staffing, on budgets, on all this uh, stuff that sometimes feels mundane, but is super important. So please come. Uh, it'll be a fun time too. We've got uh, food and worship and childcare, all that kind of stuff. So uh, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, we sent a, before we get in the sermon, uh, we sent a team to Ukraine last week, a, a group of six, and I uh, was kind of approaching this as just uh, another mission trip, and then as I started thinking, wait, they're going to Ukraine. And so uh, praying and sharing and talking more with Ronald uh, and some others who have spent a lot of time over there over the past year and a half. Uh, it, it really kind of settled on me, holy moly, they're going to Ukraine. Um, uh, it is truly a war zone, and um, got this text from 
uh, Ronald yesterday as the team is there on the ground. Uh, we were able to preach at two churches with a hundred non-believers in each. Uh, all Ukrainian displaced people. We distributed 200 boxes of food to them. We've packed another 650 boxes. We're going to start driving east along our route into Ukraine uh, further, starting at 5.30 a.m. tomorrow. That's today. Uh, we'll have little communication starting tomorrow. Uh, so let's just take a moment to pray for them. Uh, they're... Uh, uh, certainly the group on the ground there is just warriors for Christ. Uh, one of the guys I talked to who's spent a lot of time over there the past year and a half has said uh, most groups have left. Uh, most people have left. He was like, I'm so glad those six are going. Um, and so I'm so proud of these six uh, living. Uh, we're just ordinary people, right? <laughs> living with extraordinary faith, and many of you have sent uh, them financially and in prayers, and so let's all send them and be with them now in prayer, asking God to meet and move through them uh, right now. Let's pray silently. Actually, you know what? Pray out loud, please. Um, all at once, uh, let Lord set out, uh, uh, work out our prayers. He can hear them all at once and, and answer them. Uh, so let's Let's come before our Father, uh, for our friends and family uh, who are in Ukraine right now uh, from our team. Let's pray out loud all at once. Father, we thank you for our team that got to go to Ukraine. We thank you for the great privilege of serving you with the good news of the gospel and with tangible food. God, would you protect them as they drive east today? Would you uh, be with them? Uh, would they be aware of your presence and your might and your grace? And God, would you continue to bring the good news, the bread of life, to many there who are without hope? And would you continue to bring just tangible bread and food to many there who are without hope? Uh, thank you for the team that uh, lives there on the ground doing the good work of the gospel day in and day out. We're so grateful to be a, a small encouragement to them and a little piece of the work that they're doing and have been doing. Would you sustain them for your purposes that, that many would meet your son and many would be fed? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, the hands and feet of Jesus. I, I was um, uh, with some pastors uh, for the past couple days, and uh, some of my closest friends, uh, some are pastoring huge churches, a couple are pastoring uh, churches our size, and, and it was just a joy uh, to be with these four guys and, and talk life together and pray for each other and head into the fall together. It was a, a great joy. And I was driving back, uh, I was driving, and, and I was starting 
biting on my fingernails as I was, it's a bad habit, I know. And I, got, I started thinking in my mind, and then I decided to share this out loud. I, I said, do you think you could chew off the top of your finger for a million dollars? You think you could? Uh, do you think you could chew off the top of your finger for a million dollars? A million. You think you could do it? I got to thinking, and I was like, I think I could. And I was like, and I started to bite a little harder. No, I probably couldn't. One of the guys goes, oh, yeah, I totally could. And the other guy was like, heck no, like it'd just be so painful, right? And we need every piece of our bodies, right? Like uh, the, the, the scriptures are full of these analogies uh, for the church. Uh, one's the body of Christ. Uh, another uh, a really prominent one's uh, the family of God. Uh, that one really highlights our love and interconnectedness in relationship with each other. Uh, another one is the building or the temple of Christ, uh, of God, where, where Jesus is the chief cornerstone. That one really highlights our holiness of obedience and living. Uh, another is army. Uh, the army of God uh, is the church. And that, that really highlights how we are charging, storming the gates of hell with the good news of the gospel. And, and how we're in a battle where we serve and love and give our lives away and, and, and boldly share the good news of Christ. That, that, that souls and people who are perishing without Him would come to know Him and be rescued. They, they were in this battle. Uh, the one we're going to look at is uh, the body of Christ. Uh, we're in our vision series of following Jesus together for the good of the world. We started with the idea that we are following Jesus. The good news of the gospel is central to who we are, who Jesus is and what he's done. It, it orients our whole lives as we follow him as individuals and together as a church. It might look foolish to the world, but we've decided we're going to live for Jesus. Not just individually, but all of us together. And then last week we looked at together in this idea of unity, uh, diverse unity together. Uh, now we're going to look at together, uh, again out of 1 Corinthians and uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. And, and this idea of together as the body of Christ. What's it mean that we're the body of Christ? Because this is so critical. It's so critical for you. Uh, sitting in a pew right now, right? Uh, maybe the... Uh, the smallest expression of being the body of Christ, sitting and listening, but then uh, living as the body of Christ, uh, uh, transformed by what we hear and how we worship and what we know of our God as we sit and sing songs and hear of His Scriptures preached, and then live as His body in the world. It's so critical for each of us sitting here. It's critical for the person sitting next to you that you and I would live as the body of Christ. And it's critical for those who are not yet here a part of the body, that we would live as the body of Christ. It's a central metaphor or analogy for how the church functions and is and is connected. So let's get into it. Uh, this passage is kind of driven by these if statements. The if statements will highlight uh, critical truths about what it means to be the body of Christ, which is so critical for you and me, for the person next to you right now, and for those who are not yet here in our body. So first, uh, the first if statement that uh, hits us is this. So uh, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. That's verse 12. 
For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Uh, The first truth that jumps out about the body of Christ is in the body of Christ, everyone is. It just is. Uh, The moment we stepped into Christ, we became the body of Christ. The moment Jesus drew us to Himself, our eyes were open. We cling to Christ. The Holy Spirit gave us life. Uh, We became a part of the body. It just is. Uh, Notice what the verse says. If the foot, uh, that's you or me, that's probably you. I'm not the foot. (laughs) We'll get there later. (laughs) Should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. Would it that would not make it any less a part of the body. That doesn't change reality. Reality is. And and comparison will kill the relationships of the body when the foot says to the hand, oh man, uh, I'm not you and therefore I'm not a part of the body. uh, Comparison will kill that relationship and the function and the reality of the body in one sense. But, But it says that doesn't change the reality. Here's the reality. The foot still is a part of the body. It's just not enjoying that reality as part of the body. It's just not being united in in the expression and joy of the body as it should be. Because we can't change reality. The body of Christ, everyone is the body. It just is. There's one body with many members. uh, This is the main metaphor that is carried through the whole passage. There's there's one body, every uh, piece of who we are as individuals, as members of Christ's whole body. There's there's one body, one whole, but then there's all these little pieces. You've got fingers, you've got arms, you've got feet, you've got shins, you've got knees. You've got all the pieces that all come together into what just is as the body of Christ. How did this happen? The Spirit came into us, opened our eyes, we cling to Christ, and made us one body together. If we back up into verse 4 of chapter 12, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's a variety of services, but the same Lord. There's a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Notice what's happened. The the Spirit has come in, uh, the same Spirit, the same God, and and, and made us one part of His body together. He dwells in us individually and in us as a group of people. Why? Because we call Jesus Lord. Verse 3. The Spirit of God never says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Jesus has said the Holy Spirit's going to come and then when you cry out Lord to Jesus, uh, you become His follower, but it's not just an individual thing. Now you are in the body all together because you can only cry out Jesus is Lord when the Spirit opens your eyes to His glory and His grace. You cry out, yes, you're Lord, and then that moment you're part of the body. You're in. Even if you say, as a foot would say, I'm not the hand, I'm not a part of the body, that doesn't make you any less a part of what is. Comparison will kill your joy 
of the reality of being in the body. A diverse unity. Different people expressing our different gifts all brought together. A a relational connection. Knowing and being known as a part of one body. Eternal purpose. All looking to worship and serve our God as a part of His body. So the implication of this is If we deny what is, we will miss what could be. If you deny what is as being a part of the body, you may miss what could be. Uh, That we are part of this body together, but if we live as though it's not, or we uh, avoid the realities of being interconnected one to another, if we just come on Sunday and just sit, don't talk to anyone, and then leave, if we just come one of every three or four Sundays, if we never show up at 3D, if we never call someone when we're suffering, if we never reach out when someone else is suffering, if we don't live in what is, if we deny what is, we could miss what could be. I, uh, ever this happened to you, I, I was asleep the other night, and then I wake up, and my arm is just tingling like on fire and i'm like it's so numb and i just go i literally was in bed and i went you ever do that it's just so numb and asleep i think a lot of us are living in the church like that we're just like i literally just knocked off my microphone Every once in a while, we show up to something. Every once in a while, we, you know, we, we go to a family meal, and we're like, okay, here I am. Every once in a while, if it fits in our schedule, we come to worship. Uh, we're not enjoying what could be because we're not going deep in what is. Uh, I remember in the beginning of of my 3D uh, years and years ago, it's actually gone through different uh, iterations, but this last iteration, uh, one of the guys was like, let's start, let's start getting more consistent. And so, uh, look, I don't go every week. He doesn't go every week. We don't all go every week. Life happens, right? But in consistency, right, at first we were like, these were guys who never would have picked to be friends, and the Lord has knit us together uh, to what? Now, man, Wednesday night around the fire pit or if it's raining in our living room or sometimes we cancel, right? Like, uh, there's a freedom of grace of how a relationship in the body is expressed. But, but when, when we just said, hey, let's get together on Wednesday, somebody will ping out, yeah, boom, 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 boom. And then it happens. Man, it just is, it's, a, it's a become what I call good soup. You got the potatoes, you got the carrots, you got the goulash, you just kind of just congeals together over time. It's slow, it's ugly. Sometimes it's really sweet, and sometimes it's just boring. Can we just be honest? But if we deny what is, we miss what could be. Not living in consistency and connectedness in the body as we were made to live and what is. Uh, so here's what I'd say. This is how we're structured as a church. The critical aspects of who we are relationally as a church. A Sunday morning worship that we would come and be refreshed by the gospel. We'd sing praises to our God together. 
we would enjoy being his body right here. Saying, it is important that I'm here to worship my God with his people, with his body. Uh, to see someone, encourage them, uh, to help host the hospitality tent, to, to be out front here to welcome somebody new in, to, to, to serve and disciple our kids. It's important that I'm here more than one of three Sundays, which is like the national average in the South. Actually, I think it's a little better here because we really need each other. I remember that. Remember through COVID, we use this phrase, we use this phrase, no one winters alone. Let's be connected. Let's live in the body. No one winters alone. We were all isolated and disconnected as a body, but we said no one can winter alone. Let's be connected. In Montgomery County, it's kind of like a perpetual winter, a perpetual COVID. We need each other. So be here on a Sunday. Be connected. Be in your community group, in your 3D, however you're living out those rhythms of a family meal to enjoy fellowship and life together. Remind yourselves of who Jesus is and what he's about. Your 3D weekly rhythm of men and women doing life, Bible, and prayer, going deep together. And then scattering together, going out and sharing the good news of the gospel, uh, building friendships, having fire pit times, uh, hosting parties, serving your local school, uh, getting integrated with folks who don't yet know Jesus, uh, your community group friends, and now those who are outside of the body. Critical aspects of relationship with the body. And look, this will be carried out in different ways, a diverse unified body. This would be carried out by different, in different ways by different people in different seasons. So we can't kind of uh, levy a new law on one another and in comparison say, you're not living this outright or I'm living this outright or we're doing this. This isn't a legalistic thing, but this is a, this is a body kind of thing, a vibrant living kind of thing. Sometimes you're going to be more connected in this way in the body than in that way. But here are the critical aspects, your community group, 3D scatter, that community group, and your Sunday morning. Worshiping Him and being connected in relationship in your community group. Critical. Uh, I, I'd say, hey, uh, grab a connection card. If you're not in a community group, you've got to get in one. You've just got to get in one. Uh, fill it out. Uh, there's one at the ends of your pews or there's one on your way out. Get connected. Live in the reality of what is. Uh, the second if directs us uh, to our next uh, principal idea that jumps out of the passage it's verse 17 if the whole body were an eye where would be the sense of hearing if the whole body were an ear where would be the sense of smell but as it is god arranged the members of the body each one of them as he chose if we were a single member where would the body be as it is there are many parts yet one body in the body of christ Everyone matters. Everyone has value. Uh, and notice the if statement of verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, that would not only look weird, but where would the sense of hearing be? If we're all about seeing, if every one of us has the same experience, the same political views, the same gifts, the same everything, the same backstory, the same culture, uh, and, and uh, uh, where, where if we were just one giant eyeball? How would we hear? That's not how God has arranged the body. We are different. We have different backstories. We have different giftings by His Spirit making us for His purpose. This is a, a functional thing. Right? We are um, knit together for a purpose eternally. 
to be his body for his purposes here on earth. Uh, verse 7 talks about uh, the spiritual gifts uh, being knit together in a diverse way as a unified body like this. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? For the common good. Each one, your gift is critical. We don't want to play a man down on this team. Uh, so here's the implication. Uh, you ever heard a boss or a coach or everyone say this? You know, sometimes everyone's got their own kind of uh, smaller projects. And then, then the boss will say, hey, look, this is an all hands on deck kind of thing. And you're like, another one? Seriously? <laughs> That's often our first reaction. All hands on deck, this passage says, and feet too. I'm hoping that grosses you out a little bit. All hands on deck and feet too. Everyone is valuable. The single mom who is struggling to get by, the single leveraging his or her resources for the body the mom who feels so overwhelmed with so many kids the dad who just wants to go to work and then shut the door everyone valuable everyone critical for the body and the work of god and his eternal purposes here on earth we are his plan we are His plan uh, uh, for how He's going to care for uh, the people of the body internally. We're His plan uh, that we would expend of ourselves because we're valuable in our gifts and our time and our efforts into the lives of other people in the body. We are His plan uh, to bring the good news of the gospel to your neighbor, your coworker, your friend who doesn't know Jesus. You've been sovereignly placed and put in this body here in this time and space because you're His plan. Every one of us valuable. Uh, Clint Clifton was a good friend of mine, planted a lot of churches. He planted a, a pillar church, and, and then he planted all these churches through all these different people, and by God's grace, and you know, he died a year ago or so. Young guy, died in a plane crash. And here's what happened at his funeral. People would get up, and they'd share over and over almost the same story. Clint saw in me something I didn't see in myself. He, he saw some gifts I didn't know I had. He called me into this or that. So many of them church planters standing up saying, I never thought I could plant a church. I never thought I could lead a community group. I never thought I could lead a 3D. I never thought I could serve in kids. I never thought I could welcome someone as they came in the door. I never thought, and Clint said, I see it in you. You are valuable. God has gifted you for these purposes. Uh, Paul is saying the same thing here to you and to me. And might we say it to each other? Might we see and call out each other's value? Ask someone to serve along with you. Give your life away for the good of the gospel. And, and way to go, guys. Way to go, by the way. You are valuable and you're using your gifts. Uh, somebody said, hey, we need, to, we need to up our hospitality game. When, when a new person comes, they've got to feel warm and welcome. And we're like, yeah, man, we'd love to do that. They're like, I'm doing a hospitality tent. Okay. <laughs> They started once a month, and now we're like uh, community groups jumping in saying, let's do it. Let's host people well that we could connect. We are the plan to connect one another, and that we could connect those who don't yet uh, uh, find themselves connected in our body. They say, let's do it, and now you're doing it. 
A refugee team says, uh, there are refugees' families coming to our area and no one's here to care for them. You heard from our team just last week and they said, would you jump in? Six people jumped in and people have already started giving towards the work that this refugee family would be resettled and cared for in a holistic way and we would build relationship and share the gospel. Way to go! (laughs) Uh, This one gal says, I'm not sure what I'll do. And we're like, man, well, what do you want to do? And now she, she makes like all the graphics, the key critical graphics. She made this one for Christmas a couple years back. Uh, this big church uh, emailed us this past week and said, hey, we saw your poured out graphics. Can we use those for our next Advent series? And, and, and she, the gal, made these. And, and we said, yes, please. You are valuable. Indispensable. You say, oh, not me. In verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. What can I do? What do I know about? What do I, like, yeah, just start right there. Right? You are indispensable. On the parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. I think that's because it shows off Christ even more. We say, oh man, I don't, ha- I don't have what it takes. And Jesus says, I'm going to work through you for my purposes. And we just give greater honor. Wow, he's amazing to use us in these ways. What do you know a lot about? What do you do? What do you do in your work? What kind of gives you an ache in your heart of, oh man, this really stinks. Or, or where do you see holes in the church? You're like, oh, we got to improve that. We got to improve that. And that normally results in an email of you got to improve that, right? Oh, these might be the areas for the good of the body that you are indispensable. You would jump in on a place you know something about, something you're good at doing from work. How would you leverage your gifts? They're indispensable here. It's the worst thing for a soccer team when somebody gets a red card. Why? Because they got to sit out the rest of the game. You play a man down the whole rest of the match. We cannot play a man down here. We can't play a man down. The, the, the cost is too, it's too critical for our body. Both for caring for one another and for reaching the lost. Those who don't yet know Christ with the good news of the gospel. Look, if somebody comes downstairs and they're not welcomed well with their kids, uh, they're not coming back. But if you say, I'm going to help with that, if you engage and disciple kids and welcome with warmth and check a child in, man, that makes an, an, an eternal difference in somebody's life who then stays, hears the gospel, gets to know Jesus as they worship up here and their kids are discipled in the Lord downstairs. That's critical. It's critical. I, I, I wanted to share... Um, these two who shared are not great at tooting their own horns, so... Listen to what Harmony Hill's principal wrote us this past week. Got this letter from her. Dear Pastor Klingler, I'll just read some of it. Words simply are not enough to express our sincerest gratitude to you and your congregation for the lovely Chipotle lunch you provided during our pre-service week. It was a great morale booster to kick off the 2023-2024 school year. On behalf of the entire Harmony Hills family, we thank you for your ongoing support, generosity, and partnership. Way to go, body. Way to go. 
the body of Christ, everyone is the body. In the body of Christ, everyone matters. Everyone is valuable. Feet to. So plug in, serve, get, get using your gifts. If you are not doing so, again, I'll just uh, point you to this uh, connection card. It's the easiest way. You can do it here or you can do it online or you can just write info at the Well Silver Spring and say, hey, I'd like to serve. I don't know where even, but I want to jump in. I want to connect in relationship and an internal purpose. Or you might say, I've got this skill. I don't know if it would fit. How might it fit? Or you might say, hey, I want to serve downstairs with kids or with students. I mean, there are so, uh, 14 uh, people serving about 80 kids every Sunday. And then, uh, what, 10 uh, and students or more just leading and serving. Our, uh, awesome work. Will you jump in on it? Last, last point. In the body of Christ, everyone is the body. Uh, everyone matters. And lastly, everyone is connected. Not only is the body functional for the eternal purposes of God uh, here on earth for His church and for His world, but the body is deeply relational, connected one to another. Uh, Listen to this if statement uh, found in verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Why? Because God has composed, back up in 24, God's composed the body like this, giving greater honor to the part that lacks it, that there might be no division in the body, but what? But that the members may have the same care one for another. God made us for his functions, everyone valuable, right, his eternal purposes, but God also made us to care one for another, to love and connect with, to give of ourselves to each other in time, relationship, and resources. To suffer when one suffers. If you're not connected to the local body uh, deeply in, in, here in our structures of worship on Sunday and then in community groups and certainly all the other ways you can connect, but those being the critical ones. If you're not connected, you're probably not suffering with others or rejoicing with others. You, you might even feel a little bit alone here. As some of us, even if taken this to a global, uh, a global call, to suffer with those who suffer. I, I want to highlight one of our members. He's going to hate me for this. Uh, one of our members heads up the ICC, um, uh, International Christian Concern, and they put out uh, it's, uh, the head of the persecuted church, uh, just caring for those who are persecuted all over the world. As amazing guy, if you talk to him for a little bit about it, he'll start crying. Because he feels the suffering of the church all over the world. There he is. You can't see him, but he's sitting right here. (laughs) Jeff writes, 10 years ago, a nightmare descended on parishioners of the All Saints Church in Pakistan. Suicide bombers attacked and created a scene out of a horror movie. Hundreds of Christians were killed and injured, leaving a wake of pain that radiated out and will be felt for generations. It's the worst attack against Christians by Islamic extremists in Pakistani history. Did you catch that? Ten years ago. And the ICC has been doing work for ten years. Covering the cost of school for 30 of the kids affected. Ensuring they have marketable job skills and and even food and care. 
10 years. Uh, the ICC uh, persecuted an amazing organization that's suffering with those who suffer. And I think of our team going to uh, Ukraine, uh, suffering with those who suffer, but also rejoicing. I saw videos of them rejoicing over the way that God is meeting them. They're, they're singing worship songs together in these little basement churches. And you go, wow! <laughs> and, and, and in the normal ways, day in and day out, uh, someone in your community group loses their job and you, you rally around them. It's normal. It's nitty-gritty. It's normal. But, but man, I can change their life and change yours too. Or when they get a promotion, if they got no one to celebrate, man, do you feel the void? But if they have something to celebrate with, man, that's when we say we're the body together, rejoicing with those who rejoice, suffering with those who suffer. Critical. I used to think uh, it was mature to not feel high and low. Or mature, uh, mature people don't sin, right? A mature person doesn't need anyone. God says, I've, I have knit the body together because you deeply need each other. Why? Because you're broken, needy people, but you're also so deeply needed by one another. Ed Welsh uh, uses that theme all through his book, Side by Side. Uh, he built us together, knit us together because uh, we do sin and we need to carry each other. He built us together as the body because we, we do need to feel and share our sorrows and our joys together, one with another. This is well, what we call here membership, being a member of the body, that we would connect, serve, and give. We'd be deeply connected in relationship with each other, in a community group, coming on Sundays. We'd serve, we'd leverage our gifts for the good of the body and the work of the gospel. We'd give, we'd give of our finances for the work of the gospel, not just to disciple uh, and to worship uh, ourselves, but also to extend the work of the gospel through us for his purposes. As we close and go into communion, I want this verse to resonate with us uh, because uh, Paul is talking about his church and and he talks about this church in Ephesus and he says, look, care for the church of God, that's us, the body, which Jesus obtained with his own blood. The cost was high. It's his own blood spilled to make us his people. To purchase us as his body. To make us his body. And every one of us matters. And every one of us is connected. Are you tasting the joys of what Jesus has purchased for you? in his death and resurrection? Only one person can change that, if you're not. You and I, by the grace of God, moving deeper and closer in relationship with others around us, you and I, by the grace of God, leveraging our gifts for the work of the kingdom and the work of those around us, you and I, connecting and going deeply and suffering with and rejoicing with those those in our body. Now listen to what some of our members say. I spent the last couple years before we moved to D.C. in a spiritual rut. I wasn't being challenged or allowing myself to be challenged or growing. We joined the well partially because at this church we wouldn't be anonymous and we'd be forced to be involved. And it worked. <laughs> we ended up in a CG with this person and that person and for a year or so it was just me and them and, 
And that's exactly what I needed. It was so great for me to be challenged, held accountable, cared for by men who I looked up to then and still do now. As our group has grown, these things have continued and I've grown spiritually. It was really easy to sit in the congregation in the past in the Sundays and hear a call to serve or look around and convince myself that there were others who would step up. But at the well, I, I can't have that excuse. I need to be involved serving, giving, and connecting. And listen to what this one gal says, who at church after church, she was never engaged in her gifts. She says, I love that everyone is given a chance to serve and use their gifts to create an impact for the gospel, not just locally, but around the world. This gal says it this way, uh, authenticity, transparency. I've seen it in the leaders, and I've seen it in my uh, community group and 3Ds. In appropriate settings, people have been willing to confess their sins, pray for each other, and really look to walk with Jesus together in their ups and downs. What we love about the well, this couple says, is how important growing community and discipleship is. We've been able to foster and build lifelong friendships in our community and 3D groups while creating new relationships. I would say I'm so grateful to be a part of this church family together. This one says, my community group is far from perfect, but we try to live like Romans says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with those who, with one another. I love being connected to the well because the well is a place where people love the Lord and are at his work together. When I started at the well, this other person says, I had three kids under five, and I remember enjoying the services for the pure fact that someone else was watching my kids. <laughs> it's a silly fact. There's a ton of things I could say, but here's a few of them. And he goes on with all these different things. It's just brilliant and wonderfully written. He says, you know, this is a church family. We're going to community dinner. We're laughing with friends, making friends. You'd never pick on your own. Or that you'd have no other excuse to meet except through Jesus. He says, I've grown, he summarizes it. I've grown to play out uh, my faith in my life for sure. You could ask my wife for evidence. <laughs> and it goes, they go on and on. There's a whole bunch of them. Jesus purchased our church, church. Uh, we are his body. Every one of us is valuable and every one of us connected. Let's live out the joys together that he has purchased for us by his grace. Let's take and eat and remember what he's done by his body broken, his blood spilled. And then let's take a step deeper into the body or more for his service or more connected one to another. Let's worship him in communion.